The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Um, also I forgot to open the story, so I now have to go, oh my god, I read, I was trying to find a fanfiction the other day, so now it's like, Prodigal Witch, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Isolation, Fair Trade, Be Together, I feel like I shouldn't be reading these out loud because I'm definitely listing off like all of my smut, uh, The Dead of Time, hmm, have you ever heard of that one? No. No. No, we should read it. Yeah, we probably should. Excellent. But before we read it, there's just one little tiny thing we need to do. Oh, God, we have to do the intro again. Oh, God, don't tell me we've got to do the intro again. We don't have to do the intro again. It's pre-recorded. Okay. But you do have to give us a recap. Okay, well, first off, I know that you called me and told me we were going to do this, but I was cooking and then I had to eat and then I got too lazy to look back to see what happened. So I don't actually remember and I didn't do my homework, so that's my bad. And those two people that gave me the hate for that can suck it. I didn't know if you'd read those or not. I was really hoping you hadn't seen those reviews. (laughs) I didn't read them. You told me about them. Oh, yeah. I don't even know where the reviews are. I don't even know how to get reviews. Good. Don't read them. They're bad. And they're mean, and I don't like them, and they're horrible people. No, they're not horrible people. They're just super McJudgy, which you shouldn't be on the internet. But Say it to my face. Preach. Say it with your chest. Oh, ow. Oh, threw my back out. Oh, that. <laughs> I said too much with my chest. We are 28 years old, and we have back problems. What is this? Well, I mean, I'm carrying the weight of my marriage. No, I'm kidding. That's Jimmy's doing that. That's why he's got so many. It's because your boobs are so big. Oh, thanks. Oh, that probably shouldn't be in there in case <laughs> future employers ever listen to this, but. <sighs> that was an awkward noise. Oh, my God. Why does everybody want to text me today? So. Are we at chapter 19? We are on chapter 19. Um, so... Oh, it's called Are You Serious? <laughs> It is spelled the way the word is, not the name. But anyway, so uh, this is now going to be chapter... Let me see how many chapters we've recorded. I think we've recorded four. So this is going to be chapter five of season two, ladies and gentlemen, which, again, it is kind of hard to do because of the chapter numbering system, which Kat totally called us out on (laughs) episode two. What the fuck is up with this numbering system? Anyway, chapter 19, episode five. Uh, Previously... Previously on Fire Whiskey and Honey. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Netflix recently. Oh, Hermione- oh, oh, idea, 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 idea. Yes, because yes, you've been watching a lot of Netflix, we could just press skip intro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> skip. 
Because you know that. people like fast forward, like they hit the 15 second thing because I do that. I usually try to keep this at like 30 seconds to a minute so that people can fast forward through it. And I think Hannah Beth tries to time it for us that way so that they can do that. But anyway, the quick rundown. Hermione is back in time. She's in 1971. It is uh, August. She is living with James Potter and his parents, Doria and Charles, who we met in episode three. Uh, we also met Tilly, the obnoxious but lovable house elf. And essentially, Hermione is about to start Hogwarts all over again. And the last thing we talked about in episode 18 was... Oh, right. Um, She was getting along with James. They're playing games. Life is good. Uh, eventually, uh, they were planning on going to Diagon Alley. And then Maya, I called her Hermione, Maya, as she will be referred to moving forward has a nightmare why is James it maya not mia because her name is her maya knee maya oh, then why is it spelled like mia because it's the middle of her name that is honestly one of the biggest hurdles that a lot of people have getting over in this story because in their head they keep saying mia but it is maya okay but because it's her maya knee anyway um maya has a nightmare james jamie as she calls him crawls into bed to wake her up and um he says maya maya are you all right and she cries and she wakes up and she looks at him and she goes harry and he says it's james and she goes jamie and he says yeah it's me and then he says it's okay maya you're fine i'll protect you now which is super cute brotherly thing to do also they are being presented to the world as twins which is not super hard to do because the potters were not really part of society and didn't show their kid around a lot sounds like a really fucking miserable childhood for him but he seems happy so like you know anyway chapter 19 are you serious august 3rd 1971 so she has been in the past now for 48 hours. Maya woke up the following morning on the right side of her bed next to Jamie, who was using their tightly clasped hands as a pillow under his cheek. She smiled sadly, staring at the boy who looked so much like Harry that her heart ached. Then again, most things hurt these days. She'd had nightmares constantly since the war, since Malfoy Manor, right, really. She had spent a month at Shell Cottage recovering from her run-in with Bellatrix Lestrange, where Sirius kept watch over her while she slept, guarding her against the night terrors that plagued her. When she moved into the grim old place where the memories continued to haunt her sleep, Sirius would be there to comfort her, more than likely feeling responsible since it was his cousin who had tortured her. But when Sirius was not there, it was Harry who would hold her until she stopped crying and fell back asleep. Hold on, I gotta readjust in my seat. Ooh. God, so fucking old. <sighs> I really hope that doesn't stay in the podcast. I hope it does. Hurtful. Regarding James now with his eyes closed, she could not help but see the son in the father, and it warmed her to think that somehow fate had smiled and given her a piece of Harry to keep with her in this time. Okay, it wasn't fate, it was Remus Lupin, but whatevs. Call me fate. 
James was abundantly kind about the situation, and instead of asking Maya a bunch of questions about her nightmares, or even bringing up the fact that he'd been, uh, he'd had to stay with her through the night, he teased her about her hair and began enthusiastically planning the rest of their day trip to Diagon Alley. Much like the morning before, they had breakfast as a family, the conversation littered with many warnings about wandering off. Most of these were directed at James, who appeared to be oblivious to his mother's stern gaze. When they stepped into the flue, arriving in Diagon Alley seconds later, Maya smiled at the familiar sights. Her focus was immediately drawn towards Flourish and Blotz, a strong part of her eager uh, a strong part of her eager to get her hands on the earlier editions of books she had bought during her own time. Can we take a moment to appreciate the fact that she goes back in time, sees her old bookshop, and goes, "Oh yeah, first editions." Yeah, because she nerdy like that. Yup. Ah, crap. I gotta remember my Doria voice. Oh my god, you have to do voices. It's too much pressure on your brain. Can you two be trusted to be on your own while I head into Gringotts? Doria asked, her attention strictly on James. You don't trust your own son? He asked, pretending to be offended. The last time I brought you to Diagon Alley, you got lost for three hours, and we found you in the back storeroom of Sugar Plum's sweet shop. Doria stared down at her son accusingly, and James rolled his eyes. That was not the last time we were in Diagon Alley, James scoffed, as if the date of the incident was the problem. He turned to Maya, shaking his head. Mum exaggerates. Maya quietly laughed as Doria's jaw twitched, clearly debating whether or not... Uh, bringing him was a smart move on her part. I'll take care of him, Mum. Doria smiled thoughtfully at Maya. Then she turned and pointed a finger at her son. James, stay with your sister. I mean it, young man. You can look around for a bit, but meet me at Ollivander's in 20 minutes. You And don't wander. And do not go anywhere near Nocturne Alley. Yes, Mum. James bobbed his head, and the newly acquainted Potter twins were left to their own devices, one incredibly eager to run amok. Amok, 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 amok. Sorry. (laughs) What is that even from? Hocus Pocus! Where Sarah Jessica Parker's like, amok, 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 amok. She was a gem in that movie. A true gift. They all are. Claire, Mountain Dew isn't keto. It's zero sugar. It's just got aspartame, so it'll just kill me faster. Uh, Do you want to go to Flourish and Blotts? Maya asked, scanning the shop with anticipation. James made a face at her idea. Or we could go to Broomsticks. Obscurious books? Maya suggested. He smirked. I counter your boring idea with a trip to Gamble and Japes. The hell is that? A joke. Oh, a joke shop. A is <laughs> literally the next line. Oh, so it's kind of like Fred and George's thingy. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, it's up there with the Zonkos. It's the Diagon Alley equivalent of Zonkos. Okay. A joke shop? Maya shook her head. Absolutely not. The last thing she needed was a potter in a joke shop. Get she your head enough- out your butt, Hermione. Jesus. Or more like get the stick out your butt, but. Wand. <laughs> but, but. 
She'd spent enough time dealing with Harry and Ron inside Zonko's, and eventually Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Though she missed her friends, she could not help but feel relieved that she need not worry about encountering Fred and George in this era. We should be looking for things on our lists for school. She frowned at him, unaware that he had adopted the look Doria used when trying to rein in her son. Fine, fine. Let's head over to Quality Quidditch Supplies, then, he said, as though it was a great sacrifice on his part. You don't need Quidditch Supplies, Maya scolded him. First years aren't allowed to play. Then I'll be pretty famous when I make the team, won't I? Youngest chaser in a century. That's what they'll call me, he said smugly. You're incorrigible, Maya said, laughing. While she knew James would not become the youngest chaser in a century, she could not help but feel a strange bit of pride in knowing that Harry would carry on James's Quidditch dream. Even if the sport was a ridiculous waste of time and an excuse to be barbaric. Was it too much to ask to deal with a boy, just one boy in her entire life, who was not obsessed with the insane excuse for a sport? Flourish and blots first, and then... I'll agree to accompany you to your little broom shop. It's not like we even have any money to buy anything just yet. We're only browsing while we're waiting for Mum. James looked to be okay with the small compromise, and the two headed towards the bookshop. A thin, sallow-faced woman stormed past Maya on the right, her feet stomping a little as she sped forward. She glanced back once, dark circles beneath her eyes, and an exhausted scowl fixed to her jaw. Severus! Hurry, your father wants us back before noon. Severus? Maya turned around to follow the woman's line of sight, but as she moved, she collided with someone, losing her balance, and gripped the only thing within reach to help her from falling, a threadbare coat. Don't touch me! The boy she had run into shouted. She looked up into a pale face draped in black hair, and dark eyes narrowed at her, Shocked at the familiar sneer, she let go of his coat and mumbled out a quick, Oh, I'm sorry. His gaze narrowed angrily before shoving her out of his way. Watch where you're going! Maya tripped backward, still awkward and unused to her smaller frame. She tried to recover her balance, but fell to the cobblestoned road, skinning her knees and scratching her palms against the rough surface of the street. Hey, don't shove my sister! James yelled, rushing forward. She should watch where she's going, the sour-faced boy said, glaring daggers at James as the two faced off. Severus, get over here, the gaunt woman yelled. James scowled at the offending stranger. Sounds like mummy's calling you. Maya sniffed and looked down at her bleeding knee. It certainly was not the worst injury she had ever had to deal with, and she almost laughed at the sting of the cut compared to the Cruciatus curse, or the feeling of being splinched. No, this was nothing, though she was slightly embarrassed by tripping so easily. As James continued stalking after the other boy, presumably to make sure he didn't double back for another round, a shadow fell over Maya from behind. Hey, you okay? That looked like a bad tumble. I'm fine, Maya grumbled as she tried to pick a few bits of gravel out of the minor wound on her leg. Who do you think it is? Uh... Who else do we know in the Marauder area? We, we met James. We just met Severus. 
Lily? It's a guy. Oh. Guys, she can never play Jeopardy. She can't guess worth a shit. She turned her attention upwards to thank the person for being so considerate. But when she turned, went to speak, her mouth fell open as she stared up into the color of gray that she was intimately familiar with and instantly set her heart aflutter. What? Hmm. The color of a campfire smoke on an early autumn morning. Her breath caught in her throat. I... She exhaled slowly and unconsciously whispered, Serious? The boy in front of her quirked an eyebrow and his smile crossed his face. Have we met? Maya blinked. What? You called me serious. What? She repeated, silently scolding herself for being so easily distracted that she broke one of the main rules of time travel. Cringing, she sought out an excuse to cover her tracks. No, I said, are you serious? A bad tumble? Are you serious? I've had worse. The boy pondered her answer as though he were trying to decide whether or not she was lying. Huh. Maya swallowed and decided to go for casual. Why did you think we'd met? My name is Sirius, he said with a wink. She laughed. <laughs> are you serious? Yep. He grinned, and Maya melted. This was serious. Serious Black. Her serious. No, no, not her serious. Her serious was not even her serious. And he was almost 30 years in the future, waiting around for her the day after her 19th birthday, when they were supposed to talk about their bond. Their bond. Maya's eyes widened as she looked at the boy, wondering if the bond still existed here and now. She recalled reading about the life debt ritual and how it was supposed to exist throughout time and space, but did that mean time travel as well? Certainly not. Hesitantly, she tried to seek out that magical feeling inside of her, but came up empty. Something was missing. I'm fine, she finally answered Sirius's original question, trying to distract herself from gawking at him. Uh. Whew. That Mountain Dew, though. Um, his lovely aristocratic angles were hidden beneath the softer textures of his face, but she knew that those rounded cheeks left over from childhood would soon fade to reveal a chiseled jaw. His fair skin, not sickly pale like when she'd first seen him in the Shrieking Shack, contrasted dashingly against the shiny black hair that hung just past his ears. Without the aged lines, numerous scars and tattoos, Maya struggled to search the boy's face for the man who had left her in his family library just days ago. There was the smallest hint of mischief in the boy's eyes, and Maya smiled. Found you, Sirius, she thought to herself. He gestured to her knee, pulling her out of her daze. You're bleeding, is what you are. She frowned and looked down, embarrassed. Here, Sirius pulled a silk handkerchief from the pocket of his finely made robes, finer even than her own, which was truly saying something as Tilly's seamstress skills were excellent. He knelt down at her side and held out the handkerchief. She eyed the black silk, taking immediate notice of the black family crest embroidered in silver at the corner of the cloth. Are you sure? This looks expensive. He smirked. All the better to ruin it, then. 
She smiled gratefully and pressed the cloth to her small wound, wiping the blood from her skin. I'm her... Maya, by the way. James returned at a jog. What an arse! You okay, Maya? He asked, concern and irritation in his voice. Fine, just scraped my knee. And watch your language. Maya smiled up at James, who was ignoring her scout er, scolding in favor of observing the other boy. You get what a momentous occasion this is, right? I, 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 I. I, I. There's a lot of hand waving. James and Sirius are meeting for the first time. This is like me or you sending my daughter back in time and my daughter getting to see you and me meet for the first time. Except I'm pretty sure it involved some kid ripping a tooth out of your head and then giving... No, he ripped the tooth out of Abby's head and then gave you the Heimlich for no reason. Yeah, and I have no memory of this. I still don't even understand why she's even here. Like, I am so confused. Well, I mean, think about it. She didn't get to have a childhood. Year one, she ended up on the chess table with Ron and Harry trying to save the Sorcerer's Stone and, in the books at least, ended up in the potions closet. Um, In book two, she turned herself into a cat and then got petrified by a basilisk. Book three had to deal with uh, the time-turner bullshit and constantly overburdening herself. And then, oh, by the way, her professor turned into a werewolf and tried to kill her. Uh, Four, she started dating an international Quidditch star all while uh, trying to help Harry survive the Triwizard Tournament. So that was stressful. In five, they knew that the war was coming and she had to go to the Ministry of Magic to fight off Voldemort and then Sirius died and that was rough. In six, they were dealing with the fact that... Oh, and they were dealing with fucking Umbridge. And then in six... They were dealing with the fact that Harry was always super fucking moody because he's learning about all the Voldemort shit and she's getting stressed out because Harry's beating her at potions. And then in seven, she was basically starving for a year as she tried to hunt down Horcruxes. So, like, she didn't have a childhood. Remus wanted her to have a chance. So he sent her... So that's why he sent her back in time. So she could have a childhood. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. He's giving her a do-over. I want a do-over. Yeah, me too. Get a Remus. Get a Remus. <laughs> that sounds like a dirty Harry Potter toy. <laughs> what are you going to do with that Remus? It's a real growler. Yeah. It'll make you howl. Got it at the beater store. All right, that part I don't get. I was making werewolf jokes. Oh, beater Quidditch. Oh, that was really good. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking Quidditch, I was thinking werewolves. Okay. Also, one of our reviews said that we make too many penis jokes and have too much innuendo. You know what I say? They shouldn't take it so hard. Well, then, (laughs) have they read this story? Because apparently, as you go on, things happen so they can suck it. Like a penis. That's correct. And I know what my excuse is. What is yours? I have the maturity of a 13-year-old boy. Okay. And I spent time in the military, so I have an inappropriate sense of humor. But anyway, so last we talked, 
Jamie and Sirius were about to meet. Find your scraped money and watch your language. Maya smiled up at James, who was ignoring her scolding in favor of observing the other boy. Sirius reached out to Maya, helping her to her feet, and she awkwardly slipped her, his handkerchief back to him with a grateful look. Hey, thanks, mate. James extended a hand to Sirius. Sirius nodded, taking the hand. No problem. James, this is Sirius, Maya said, smiling brightly, at what she suddenly realized was a very historically important moment. She beamed at the two boys, searing the memory into her mind. She hoped that she could keep it so when, or if, she returned to Harry, she could tell him all about it, or, better yet, show him inside of a pensive. Sirius, this is my brother James. You like Puddlemere? Sirius asked, gesturing to the shirt that James was wearing beneath his open robes. Doesn't everyone? James grinned. I don't, Maya interjected. I don't like Quidditch much. You don't like Quidditch? Both boys shouted at the same time, eyes wide and gaping at her as though she had just sprouted a second head. What the hell, Maya? James clutched his chest as if heartbroken. I knew you didn't want to go into the Quidditch shop, but I didn't know it was this bad. He shook his head. Considering his reaction, Maya might as well have been infected with dragon pox. What's wrong with you? Sirius gaped. James sniffled. Why do you want to hurt me? Oh, for the love of Merlin! Maya rolled her eyes at the melodramatic scene playing out before her. Can we go get our books now? No way! James said with a scowl, his eyes narrowed at the bookshop. That greasy-looking git that just knocked you over is in Flourish and Blots with his mum. I'd rather avoid meeting him again. Who was he? Sirius asked, a matching scowl crossing his face. James shrugged. No idea. Just another sleazy snake in the making. Not a fan of Slytherins? Sirius asked. Why? Are you planning on becoming one? James joked. Then again, anyone who would plan on being sorted into Slytherin has to be mental. Sirius laughed awkwardly and sighed. His smile completely faded from sight as he muttered, Not like I have a choice. Sirius Orion Black! Maya's eyes widened at the familiar sound of Walburga Black, and she spun to see the horrible witch across the street, alive and in the flesh. It was more than a little uncomfortable to see the woman in front of her and not be able to cover her up with curtains after spending months inside Grimmauld Place being screamed at by her portrait. While Burger Black never hesitated to call her a filthy mudblood who was tainting the ancient and noble house by stepping foot inside. The wretched woman glared down at Sirius as she stormed across the street, ignoring James and Maya entirely. Did I not tell you to stay by your brother? What for? He hasn't let go of your skirt all morning. Sirius eyed the smaller boy who was, in fact, holding on to Walburga's hideous black dress with a tight fist. His gray eyes, so similar to Sirius's, were small and wide as he looked nervously between his mother and his brother. Maya held her breath at the sight of him, Regulus Black, remembering the grief in her Sirius's eyes when he spoke of his brother's death. This younger version of Sirius did not look overburdened with grief. Instead, he appeared to be fuming with rebellious anger. You probably didn't even realize I was gone until you looked for him. You watch your mouth, you little... Walberger raised her hand, 
clearly having no qualms about sp- striking her own child in the very public square of Diagon Alley. Sirius, defiant as ever, did not even flinch. Maya, however, felt like reaching for her wand to defend Sirius, only to remember that she no longer had a wand. Walburga, Doria interrupted as she glided over, approaching the scene. First calm as she sounded, her eyes were cold and hard as she stepped between Walburga and Sirius, forcing him to stand side by side with James and Maya. Walburga glared, lowering her hand. Aunt Doria! Doria looked over at Walburga as if assessing her. It's been a long time. Not long enough, Walburga seethed. Lifting a slender brow at the childish antics, Doria looked away dismissively. Still as dramatic as ever, I see. Still married to a blood traitor, I see. Blood traitor, yes, Doria laughed, looking down to examine her manicured fingers. How clever of you. My brother must be so proud. Still caught up in the word aunt that Walburga had put in front of Doria's name, Maya quietly observed the two women. She had almost forgotten that Harry's grandmother was a black. She'd researched it, of course, in preparing for the life debt ritual, needing something from the black bloodline in order to call for Sirius. However, she had all but forgotten the connection after meeting Doria face to face, finding no similarities between her adoptive mother and the vile witch standing in front of her. While Berga turned her focus to James, I heard you had a child some time ago. Yes, this is my son James and my daughter, Maya, Doria said. A daughter, too, Walburga said the word as if it came with great shame. I'd not heard. She openly patted Regulus on the head, silently showing off that she had provided not just one, but two sons to the noble and most ancient house of Black, thus one-upping Doria. Well, you know how society is once you've got the heir. What more reason is there to celebrate? Doria remarked sardonically. Walburga inclined her head. I suppose you're right. I was being sarcastic, you overstuffed bint, Doria said, nose twitching. James and Maya both goggled, wide-eyed up at their mother, who was usually so calm and collected but had just displayed the classic black temper. Gray eyes narrowed at Walburga. Sirius, however, beamed up at Doria Potter as though she were the greatest thing he had ever seen in his entire life. With a look of awe on his face, he grinned and extended his hand to her. Serious Black, ma'am, an absolute pleasure to meet you. Doria Potter, she smiled down at the boy, ignoring the look of loathing that crossed Walburga's face as she took Sirius's hand. And whom do you belong to? she asked knowingly. The sound of Walburga grinding her teeth together was audible as she fumed, That is my son. Daria gasped in feigned shock. But he can smile, Walburga. Where on earth could he have learnt to do that? Sirius's grin widened and he looked over at James and Maya with great appreciation before turning his, admi- his admiration back to Doria. Sirius is the heir to the noble and most ancient house of Black, Walburga said proudly, though she refused to look at the son she spoke so highly of, the same son she had nearly struck only moments ago. You remember that, 
don't you, Doria? My own house? Yes, I'm fairly certain I can recall. Olberga snorted. Surprising, considering that you refuse to act accordingly. I act as my conscience dictates, and I teach my children to do the same, Doria said, affectionately moving to stand behind James and Maya, putting a hand on each of their shoulders. Shame, Walberga glanced down at the children as if Daria's actions immediately labeled them as blood traitors. I teach my children obedience and tradition. You teach bigotry and hatred, and you don't fool me for a second. Doria said viciously, looking as though she were a viper ready to strike. Suddenly, envisioning Doria Potter as a Slytherin was not so very difficult for Maya. Maya tugged on Doria's sleeve, eager to get away from Walburga. Mum, aren't we supposed to be getting our wands soon? Yes, well, Doria let out a shaky exhale. If you'll excuse me, Walburga, my family and I have some school shopping to do. Sirius is attending Hogwarts this year as well, certain to make Slytherin House very proud. Walburga turned her nose in the air and stormed away, clearly eager to have the last word. Doria, likewise, turned and walked off in the opposite direction. Regulus immediately followed after Walburga, but Sirius did not move. I heard at the sorting, we have to fight a dragon, he said with a grin, acting as though nothing had happened. Maya shook her head. That's rubbish, Sirius. Sirius, come! Walburga screamed from across the street, but Sirius continued to ignore her. James, James's eyes brightened. I wonder what kind of dragon it'll be. Jamie, we don't have to fight a dragon, Maya insisted. Sirius grinned excitedly. I hope it's a Chinese fireball or a Peruvian viper mouth. Wicked! The boys laughed when they realized they'd both spoken simultaneously. Maya glowered. Are you two even listening to me? Sirius, come! Walberga screamed once more, stomping her foot. Woman treats me like a bloody dog, Sirius growled. Maya stifled a laugh as he began to move. We'll see you on the train? Save me a seat, he said, smiling as he turned to catch up with his family. He dodged to the side as Walburga tried to smack him, laughing when she missed her target. Well, Doria said as the children caught up with her, interesting friend you've made. What do you think of Walburga in the flesh? She's kind of a butt face. A little bit, a little bit. What do you think of Baby Sirius? He's cute. Not gonna lie, this was like one of my favorite parts when I first started reading the series, simply because, like, Baby James and Baby Sirius, you don't see any of that in the original series, so it's kind of fun to see them, like, interacting and how similar they are to, like, Harry and Ron, almost. But also, how great is Doria? That's his mom? Yeah. Well, Doria's Maya yeah. and Jamie's mom. Yeah. I dig her. Yeah. She, she kind of reminds beans. me. <laughs> Did somebody have a long day? No, it's just sometimes I just don't have reactions. I can't help it. It's a part of my genetic condition. Oh, yeah. 
forgot about your genetic condition, which is not as rare as you thought it was. You're not a special snowflake. Unicorn. Unicorn. Whatever. I don't even care. <laughs> Bring my horns to this hood. Well, you'd only have one if you were a unicorn. Well, maybe you're still a unicorn and still kind of rare, but there's like more of you than you thought, so you're like a rhinoceros. Yeah, but I've never met any of my rhinoceros friends, so therefore I'm still a unicorn. That's fair. Also, I definitely got a reusable grocery bag from the San Diego Zoo that says save the chubby unicorns, and it's got an outline of a rhinoceros, and it's hot pink, and I love it. You have a reusable grocery bag. When did you become Brianna? I've got like six of them. You dirty hippie. Uh, they're one, if you shop at Aldi, they charge you for bags. I don't and have one of those. I've never even heard of that. It's like a really cheap Whole Foods. Apparently they're better stateside than they are in the UK. Cause in the UK people are like, Aldi sucks. And over stateside, we're like, Aldi's amazing. But, um, no, I used to use them a lot when I went to Trader Joe's cause Trader Joe's had them for like 99 cents and they were really cute. And I just, I don't hate the environment. If I can use reusable shit instead of using plastic, I will. Well, I don't hate the environment either, but sometimes I forget. I just got my mom off plastic water bottles, okay? One step at a time. Yeah. I was going to ask our listeners in England about something, but I forgot. I'll think about it, get back to you. Because there was something I saw the other day that I was like, somebody has to know this, but I can't remember what it is. I can say a Russian word. Здравствуйте. No. Досвидания. No. Привет. No. Спасибо. No. I'm out of Russian words. Vodka. <laughs> that's my russian word uh, i love orange is the new black that's the only word i know uh, yeah moving on <laughs> and this has been weird noises from cat that is going to keep claire up with night Hey, if people can willingly go on YouTube and listen to people slurp pasta, they can listen to me go. (laughs) Oh, man. I thought Jimmy was going to beat. Oh, God. Hannah Beth is going to think we're done. This is really long. Okay, we're cutting ourselves off. We're not going to. Bad. No squirrel. Nothing shiny. Focus on book. But people like this. I don't get to talk to you anymore except when we do I'm Sorry. Can we just... This is going to be our bonus content for January. We're just going to like all the shit we cut out. Just... You're fucking welcome, guys. Oh, my God. Hannah Beth, I kind of want to be involved in like the editing of this because I just feel like it needs to be like... It needs to start with, oh, God, this is going to end up on the blooper reel, isn't it? And then something like, oh, wait, wait, let me say something. And then... Yeah, I'm just having a lot of ideas. I, I watch too many YouTube videos. It looks like you're picking your nose. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, okay. I th- I was like, damn, that pinky finger looks like a knuckle and a half deep. Goddamn. And no, no, it's just resting directly below. It's a weird angle.
I need to find somewhere comfier to sit next time my back is killing me and I want some ice cream. That's almost what happened with me if I ate my wings while recording. Um, oh, so you'd be, be like Joey's ex-girlfriend and friends where she's like... <laughs> God, it's like the worst episode. I was just like cringing the entire. Oh my god! No, we're reading. Jesus Christ! She well, doesn't know where she left off. <laughs> I I found it and lost it and found it again. That's, that's what he said. Oh god, fake nails are so good for head scratches. Anyway, scratches, scratches. I have a dog. Everything is scratches now. Well, Doria said as the children caught up with her. Interesting friend you've made, Maya sighed, her heart clenching as she suddenly realized just how much she had missed Sirius's smile and laughter. He was nice. A boy shoved me down and Sirius helped me, she explained, gesturing to her skinned knee. Ah, fuck, now my eye itches. Son of a Walburga Black. <laughs> Son yeah. of a Walburga Black. Uh, I'm gonna start saying that now. Son of Walburga. <sighs> I'm sorry. What did you say? Well, his mom was a bitch. So yeah, it's literally just saying "son of a bitch," but we're giving the bitch a name, it's, and it's Walburga. Yeah, it's the uh, female whatever in Spanish of Walburg. <laughs> No, no, do not, do not taint my beloved Marky Mark with this bitch. A son of Walburga Black helped a potter. Doria laughed softly as she knelt down to examine Maya's injury. She waved her wand gently over the scrape, cleaning what was left. Salazar Slytherin must be rolling in his grave. Both James and Maya laughed. All right, we're a little behind, thanks to that nonsense. I would have just walked away had it been anyone else, Dory explained. But there's something incredibly satisfying about ruffling that vulture's feathers. Hey, that was a good line for us. We're a little behind, thanks to that nonsense. Oh my god. <laughs> that should be the title of this episode. That needs to be the next decal. Oh, yeah. Blue Ivy. But what picture would you put on that? Like, I don't understand. You just put words. It looks better when there's a picture. Not if you do it, like, all flowy and crap. Put, like, a little snake in there because Doria is a Slytherin. <sighs> Claire is trying to scratch her eyeball out of her eye. I am. It is so itchy. Oh, my God. Everything is dry, and I hate it. I need to drink water. I should probably stop drinking Mountain Dew. Everything's dry, huh? No comment. Moving forward. Inappropriate. Oh my god. Oh my god, my eye hurts so bad. What is happening? You have a sty. I don't have a sty. It's like there's something in my eye. Yeah, it's, it's so called bad. an eyeball. Mmm. She won't stop rubbing it. She can't it stop so rubbing bad. it. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay, oh my god. It's dirty red. Fight me. Akio eyeball fixer. Akio contact uh, liquid liquid solution. You don't wear contacts. Nope, but my husband does. Ugh. Oh my god, stop rubbing it. You're going to make it worse. Ah, it hurts. I don't care. 
The Potter family made their way to a narrow, shabby-looking shop ahead of them. Peeling gold letters over the door read, Ollivanders, makers of fine wands since 382 BC. Alright, hold on, Jesus fucking Christ. The Potter family made their way to a narrow, shabby-looking shop ahead of them. Peeling gold letters over the door read, Ollivanders. Oh my god, you already read that. I know. Well, I was gonna read it again. So that she would have continuity and wouldn't have to, like, cut for all of your singing out. Okay. So I'm going to reread that paragraph again. Okay. Butthole. <gasps> you take that back, you butt face. I don't want to hear it, Grundalo. <laughs> well... I know what I'm going to... Grindy low and mixed it with grundle. Oh, my God. I know what I'm going to talk about in therapy tomorrow. I just learned what a grundle is. (sighs) Don't. I got you a Galentine's card. I got a card. Actually, no, I didn't get you a Galentine's card. I got you a card. It's not for Galentine's Day, though. What is it for? You'll see. The Potter family made their way to a narrow, shabby-looking shop ahead of them. Peeling gold letters over the door read, Ollivanders, makers of fine wands since 382 B.C. Maya smiled brightly up at the sign, and James bounced on his toes as they entered the shop. Good afternoon, Mr. Ollivander smiled as they approached the counter, glancing with anticipation at the children. Maya regarded the old man, who, only months ago, had been devastatingly unhealthy the last time she had seen him at Shell Cottage. The man before her now looked bright and healthy despite his age, obviously eager to help two new customers. "'Doria Black,' Mr. Ollivander said with a tone of fond nostalgia. Ten and a half inches. Cherry wood. Pliable. Dragon heart car. Doria chuckled. "'It's Doria Potter now. My children are going to Hogwarts this year and are in need of wands.' Mr. Ollivander grinned. Always happy to provide wands to the new potters. Charles's wand is 11 inches walnut, supple, with a core of a unicorn hair. Isn't <laughs> Fight me, bitch. Sorry. Oh, my God. That's not funny. But okay. It's an accent. I wasn't laughing at your accent. I was laughing at what you said. Oh, god damn it. This is why people are mad we make too many penis jokes. But I'm fine with it because it's funny. Sopal. Huh? Pliable. Sopal. Pliable. Dragon heart string card. Oh, I totally thought you were saying, like, <laughs> mean cuss words to be in another language there for a second. I was like, what in the crap does that mean? Polkmatroin. Jesus. I think the only thing, I don't even know if I pronounce it right in Gaelic, is um, Pokmatoin, which is kiss my ass. Okay, you're not Claire but from I'm Outlander. Sure you don't have to talk like that. Bitch, that's not a Scottish accent. That's an Irish accent. Also, Claire's English. Yeah, I know. Although in real life, she is Irish, though. But anyway, you know it is, you great show off, Doria said in amusement. James, you first. Hold out your arm. That's it. Mr. Ollivander measured James from shoulder to finger, then wrist to elbow, shoulder to floor, knee to armpit, and around what his head. What is he getting measured for a suit? It's if he he does that in the in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting, he muttered and replaced the wand with another. A warmth ran across her fingers like soft bath water after being out in the cold for too long. This feels familiar. Oh, good, Mr. Ollivander smiled. Ten and one quarter inch, fine wood with the core of a dragon heartstring. Maya stared at the man. It was not her original wand. The measurements were slightly off, but it felt familiar in her hand. Dragon heartstring? Yes, Miss Potter. Very powerful. The dragon that donated the heartstring was an old Ukrainian iron belly. You donated two others that year. A wand made of willow that I sold to a young muggle-born girl just this week, and another vine wood in the back, just a bit longer than this. The muggle-born who bought it earlier that week is... Lily Evans, who will eventually become Lily Potter. And the other Vinewood is Hermione's that she will pick up in the future. Somehow, she had ended up with the sister wand of her original. It made Maya feel like she had not left it behind in 1998 after all. Perfection as usual, Mr. Ollivander. Doria smiled and placed 14 galleons in the wand maker's hands. He bowed in thanks and escorted the Potter family through the shop door. Maybe this won't be that bad, Maya thought. 1971 was slowly beginning to feel like home. Dun, dun, dun. Boom! Chapter finished. So, you got to meet Snape. He's a little butthole. And now you know why Snape and James don't like each other. It's because Snape knocked over Maya. And you got to see James and Sirius meet. You got to meet Regulus. You got to see Walburga, Mr. Ollivander. What you think? Well, it's definitely getting interesting. I just can't wait until I get to say more. Because <laughs> I literally have You'll nothing to there. say. Yeah, I feel like I like reading some of the lines because I remember how much I loved reading them, but I'm worried that they don't come across as well in my voice as they do when you actually read them on the paper because I think they're funnier. But I I genuinely enjoy this just because, like, you know Dory is a Slytherin. We talk about the fact that Dory is a Slytherin, but you don't really get to see that side of her very often. And you see it a little more throughout the story, but this is the first time that the snake really comes out. And you see that sort of lash out, protective, almost like a tiger mom. She is the mother I aspire to be someday. And that's why they're going to like being at my house. Why? Because I'm not going to have an issue with smacking a hoe? Nice face. It's the only one I got. Anyway. Well, we did it. Chapter 19. We're almost 20 chapters in. Which means we've Whoa. been on the air for almost 20 weeks. And a million more to go. Yep. And I'm trying to think. So if episode three is coming out tomorrow, episode four. Oh, we didn't do. No. Yes. Okay. Oh, this is our Valentine's episode, I think. Yeah, because this is episode two. It's Valentine's Day, cat. It's Galentine's Day, cat. 
Yeah, that doesn't really make me feel any better either. Sorry. It's okay. Jimmy doesn't do Valentine's Day, so you have to be my Valentine. Well, there are these parents that were on the news, and they're from Jersey, and all, I think they have three or four kids, but all of their kids had the same birthday, and they did the math, and they were all on Valentine's Day that they were conceived, so the mom is like, we don't celebrate anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. Awkward. Although I did just realize the so these are the static nails. I ordered these other ones, but they came from China, and now I'm scared I have the coronavirus. Oh my god. Okay, and nobody cares. I'm pressing the button. Nobody, nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Love you. So funny story, everybody. We uh may have accidentally forgot to record our thank you to the patreon supporters we love you guys but we are also very tired so we apologize for the fact that we forgot to thank you and i apologize for putting my hand in front of my mouth and probably making that impossible to understand but i'd like to give a big shout out to all of our new supporters because there are a lot of new supporters this week and i say this week it's been like two and a half weeks since we recorded so we like to give a big shout out to our newest supporters. We have Adela Blanca, Katie Beth Brandt, Kristen Wilnow, and Christy Harper. I also have to thank, and she's going to laugh. I can hear her laughing already. This supporter was a wolf and loves us so much that she wanted to become a fox. So we'd like to give a big shout out to... God, I hate this name. Love you. Hate your name. Rachel Gauchen. Gauchen? Gauchen. Gauchen. Gauchen? Fuck it. Rachel, thanks, boo. You the bomb. And now we get to give a big shout out to our Fox producer level supporters who we love and appreciate and who keep us going. This is a big thank you to Carissa Horton, Krista, Ryder, Ashley Thurman, Brittany Tribble, Claire Luciano, Elise Wolfson, Jillian Foles, Martina, Miranda Eskew, Sophie Segator, Amanda Zercher, Ashley Enstrom, and Laura Rivers. And to our two new foxes, Rachel Gauchen and Adela Blanca. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you keeping the lights on. And as of this month, we are officially paying Hannah Beth. Yay, Hannah Beth. Whoa! Thank you. Appreciate it. We love you all a lot, and we appreciate you guys listening. We will catch you next. <laughs> Wait, it, we're Fire Whiskey and Honey Friday. That's it. Sorry. Yes. Fire Whiskey Friday. Fire Whiskey Friday. It's literally yes. alliteration. Like. What is it? Fire Whiskey Friday. Like, Yay! Or, gotta have the alliteration just like JK does in the books. Pansy Parkinson. Yep. Really. Also, if you. God. Also, if you got Luna Lovegood, hello. Um, but also, if you guys have not been following our blog, you can head over to fwhpod.com. And I actually do have blog posts up for every single episode. And I am writing them before the episode is released. And it is usually released at the exact same time as the episode. I highly recommend listening to the episode first if you don't know what the hell is going on in the story. Because we do talk about a lot of stuff. But 
I hope you all enjoy. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Or morning. Or afternoon. Or middle of the or, night, as it may if be. if you are a Shonda Rhimes fan, have a good TGIT. Thing. Or a good Wednesday. I have now started calling Wednesday instead of hump day. It is slump day. Because I feel pretty slumpy. But if it's a Monday, happy Monday. If it's Tuesday, go have some tacos. If it's a Saturday, fuck you, because I have work in the morning. And if it is a Sunday... Or whatever religion you practice. Exactly. Which would generally... Con- the other two monotheist- big monotheistic are Saturdays, Sabbaths, but whatever. Hollow. Get your alm on. Okay. We're done. Yes, I want ice cream. We're done. I'm sweating. My We're back done. hurts. <gasps> ice cream. Also, Kat spent this entire time recording in the closet again, so big shout out to her. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Mean it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, fwhpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Jesus fucking Christ. I can't tell if, like, I got hair in it or what. Go rinse out your eyes so I can sing to the people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I need to go check my eye. Go sing, people. Yes. 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 What song do I want? What song do y'all want? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not going to sing a rap song because that has bad words in it. But I'm trying to learn a rap song, people. Well, another rap song, but that's not the point. Okay, what should I sing to you all today? Um, what should I sing? What should I sing? Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah, birds need bees and ice needs whiskey. Boys like me need girls like you to kiss me. Fishing in the dark needs nitty gritty under that pale moon. Sweet tea needs that sugar stirring. Small town nights need both ends burning. Shades need drawing. Hearts need falling. Boots need knocking. Knocking boots. Oh! I leave to wash out my eye, and that is the best you can come up with.
Well, I was going to sing of the rap song I'm trying to learn, but it has really bad words in it. Yeah, don't do that one. <laughs> this is a family show. I'm kidding. This is not a family show. It That's is not a, a family joke. show. But I had country singers on my mind because Stapleton is going to be up by you in October, <sighs> I think. I know, and I want to go. you said that I can't see him with... Yeah, but you said I can't see him without you because you'll kill me. So you should come see him then, because I'll be alone. All by myself. Don't, Don't want to be... be home by myself anymore. Cue Bridget Jones on the couch. Exactly. That's me. That's my life. I am Bridget. <gasps> oh, God. Just tell me you like me just the way I am. <sighs> yes. <sighs> Classic.